You just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Aguiloa try to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Pat's interference. I, I think Alabama makes it to the college football playoff. I've got what I feel could be the number one playmaker in college football. Baker Mayfield. Dude's a stud. I'm 5'7", 130. Do you think I'm big enough to be either David Robinson or Tim Duncan? Get ready. It's going to be a good year. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to year four, episode 18 of Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast. My name is Patrick Norwood, unfortunately not joined by my brilliant co-host from Birmingham, Patrick Brickman, unable to join us. We will get some sound bites from him uh, later on in the podcast just to get his thoughts. I think he's doing like a nature walk while he's doing them. I don't know. I, I hear leaves crunching and rocks moving around when he's walking. So I don't actually know what he was doing, but I, I, I would assume it's just a nature walk. He's very introspective. He likes to get out, clear his head, really speak his mind on those nature walks, and that's what we got at Pat's Interference. Again, this is a college football podcast if you're a first-time listener. Welcome. It is our hashtag senior year. That's right. We've been doing this for four years now. Hard to believe. And we are 18 episodes in, getting into the nitty-gritty of the college football season. I know Brick loves November. I love November. Uh, it's just always a fun time for college football, uh, you know, really teeing you up uh, to see who, you know, who are boys and who are men in the college football world. You can find us on social media. We are at uh, we are on Twitter, excuse me, at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S interference. And you can go to our website at Pat's Interference dot com or reach out to us via email. That's Pat's Interference at Gmail dot com. Uh, just let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Love to get your thoughts. Do a little, uh, little, little stat special every Tuesday called Pat's Stats, where you can go on Twitter. Again, that's at pi underscore podcast. You can see what we think. You know, see the see the stats that we found that we found interesting. Uh, you can see sort of our sense of humor if you want to get to know us a little bit better. Um, if you wanted to get us to know us really well, you can go to our website and click on the about section. Hear our story, and always, you know. Don't be afraid to give those uh, iTunes reviews. We love those. Really trying to grow the brand and everything. Uh, so that's it for the housekeeping duty. I mean, I, I'm doing all right. Usually we give updates on how we're doing. I know Brick's doing pretty well. We talked for uh, about five or ten minutes yesterday. I know he's really settling in in Birmingham. But with him having to travel to Baton Rouge uh, this weekend for the Bama LSU game uh, and for him to uh, to try and do the podcast and still kind of move in and get his internet set up, it just sort of compounded. And I said, hey, buddy, take another week off. You know, we agreed that was probably best. And then that way I can come on, do one last one by myself. This should be the last one by myself. I, I, I don't want to say for sure, but it should be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so now let's get into it. Um, last week, exciting. Uh, number one team, Alabama, had a bye, obviously. A couple teams had a bye, actually. But still had some great football. Started off on Thursday night. West Virginia beating Baylor 58-14. West Virginia did not have a punt until there were nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Ridiculous. Will Greer went off 353 yards. And uh, we'll hear Brick's thoughts a little bit about West Virginia uh, kind of later on. Um, as we go through the podcast, I'll have him chime in about a couple of things. He's going to talk about uh, his thoughts on the college football playoff, his college football playoff dark horse, West Virginia, wink, wink. Uh, and uh, he'll also talk about the Alabama LSU matchup, that colossal matchup that happens every year that I, I feel like every year we hit a we hit a point where we're like, oh, this is the biggest one ever. 
No, this is the biggest one ever. Oh, this is a game of the century. And that one was probably actually the biggest one ever. Uh, until this one, 1v3. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So, yeah, West Virginia really laying a whooping on Baylor, an institution that Brick and I do not recognize. Okay, Georgia Southern upsetting App State. App State gets ranked 25th and then loses by 20 to Georgia Southern. It was on the road, and Georgia Southern does run the triple option. But, man, oh, man, Georgia Southern running all over those boys. For uh, Georgia Tech beating Virginia Tech without completing a pass. Mm-hmm. Another Thursday night game. Won by 21. 49-28. Did not complete a pass. Didn't complete a single pass. If you're Virginia Tech, you've got to be looking for answers at this point. You have to. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think you fire Fuente, but the seat's definitely hot. It's at least lukewarm. Virginia Tech's got to figure it out. Moving on, uh, we'll skip Friday night, go right into Saturday. Again, this is going to be kind of a quick episode since I'm by myself. You only get one side of the argument. Uh, Clemson at Florida State, uh, no problem there, 59-10. to 10. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's getting stronger and stronger every week. And that Clemson defense, that front seven is just, monstru- just absolute monsters. Uh, I mean, flying all over the place defensive line is in your mouth or winning battles in the trenches and if you get to that second level okay well then you got to worry about the linebackers and once you get post those linebackers are you expect to throw it now nah, you got some pretty good defensive backs there too so clemson proving that they are a solid number two team in the nation notre dame beat navy by 22 not much to talk about there book did have 330 yards but unfortunately for the naval academy just not a great year for them so far okay the other big uh two or three games uh, that we'll talk about from Saturday. Let's start off with Texas at Oklahoma State. I put this on upset watch last week. Probably should have bumped that up to a warning, and I'd say through about the first half it looked like a warning. Oklahoma State went up big early, big on Texas. Uh, eventually only won 38-35. But I don't think anyone watching that game thought it was that close. Um, Ellinger came out and uh, 283 for You know, two touchdowns, it's not a bad day. But you look at it, and all across the board, uh, really just dominated by Oklahoma State. Um, You know, they had 10 first downs out of 20 attempts. They had 502 total yards. They had 321 yards through the air. How did this Texas team beat Oklahoma? That's what I couldn't figure out watching this game, is it just didn't make sense to me. How did they beat an Oklahoma squad that has Kyler Murray when you're giving up 321 passing yards to Oklahoma State. I mean, 500 yards of total offense for Oklahoma State. There were 904 yards in the game. That's insane. Gave up 27 first downs. They didn't control the clock. And now Texas's chances are looking bleak at best. Uh, you had climbed up to number six. It looked like you were starting to figure it out. The Oklahoma win was obviously big. Maybe Maryland was just a fluke. Now maybe Maryland's not just a fluke. Oklahoma State, that 500 yards of offense. You can't make the playoffs if you give up 500 yards of offense to a team. You just can't. So, tough outing for the Longhorns. They've still got a shot at the Big 12 championship. Brick's going to talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, the other game from Saturday, excuse me, that was fairly big, uh, Georgia and Florida and the cocktail party. Georgia keeping it back to that ground and pound and really just getting back to the fundamentals. Florida kept it close through the first half. Really a, a back-and-forth game. Looked like it was going to be a great game, but then F- Georgia just kind of pulled away in that second half. 
you know, they're only up by six at halftime. Uh, but then, you know, come out, started to run the ball. Swift really got a great game, was in a groove, 12 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. I think if Georgia can successfully run the ball, that's when they're their best. Uh, when they can run a Holyfield, when they can run Swift, when those two guys are giving you that one-two punch consistently, it's it's very, very tough to beat Georgia because that defense is stacked. That defense is just stacked. Uh, Felipe Frank struggled in this one, 13 for 21 for 105 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, and Florida, while it looked like they were starting to sort of get the hang of it, you know, I think they're still sort of just growing. I, I think this is regardless of what happens the rest of the year. Now, obviously, they don't want to go and lose, uh, you know, too many more games in their schedule for this to stay true. But right now, if you're a Florida fan, you've got to be feeling pretty good about Dan Mullen at the helm. Uh, he's taken a guy in Felipe Franks who is, don't get me wrong, a good quarterback. But he's he's not a Tebow, right? He's not a Dak Prescott. He's not a Nick Fitzgerald. He's just not. Uh, but at the same time, you know, after this week, Florida's still in the top 15. They're number 11. And they play Mizzou. They get Mizzou and South Carolina at home, and then they go to at FSU. Uh, you know, I think they could win their last four games of the season, finish with 10 wins. That's a great year if you're Florida, especially after going through what you've gone through, knowing that you're getting Dan Mullen's recruiting class in. You're, I mean, you're looking good. You upset a, a top-five team in the country in LSU. You know, I, it's you've got to be happy with it. I know you're never happy after a loss, but look at where you were a year ago. Look where you were two years ago. And now, finally seems like you're getting back on the right foot. Uh, despite losing this one to Georgia. Just couldn't couldn't get anywhere in the fourth quarter when it was really necessary. Georgia still eyeing that playoff, and boy, I'd hate to play them. That's for sure. If you can't stop the run, like I said, it's going to be tough to stop Georgia. The last game I wanted to talk about from Saturday, uh, well, there's two more, actually. Let's We'll brush on Washington State. Gardner Minshew throwing for 438 yards. I think he's got over 2,700 yards for the season now. People seriously starting to give him some Heisman hype. I wouldn't go that far yet. But Washington State's a force to be reckoned with. Now, granted, they are in the Pac-12, which is an incredibly weak conference this year. Uh, I, I don't think that's that's too much of a stretch to say. But Washington State has proven in back-to-back weeks that they are they are a good football team. They're a very, very talented football team. Uh, looks like their defense is starting to come together and look a little bit more comfortable. Uh, beat Stanford by three. Stanford, Bryce Love has fallen completely off the map. Uh, if you're Stanford, you got to be looking at Bryce Love and just asking what happened. I mean, he was the pre one of the preseason Heisman favorites, uh, and now I mean he only got 71 yards in this one and has really struggled this season. I mean, struggled immensely this season. Uh, so if you're Stanford, you know the wheels have kind of fallen off and you're starting to look at next year. But if you're Washington State, you get through Washington. You have you know obviously it's going to take a colossal downfall for Washington State to have a chance at the playoffs. But at the same time, you are still got a shot. I think if you had told Mike Leach in Washington State before the year started, hey, you're going to be number, uh, I think they're number 9, 13, they're somewhere in there after their most recent college football ranking, uh, playoff ranking, I should say. Um, you know, if, if you would have told them they'd be in that spot at this point in the year, they'd take it all day. They wouldn't ask you how it happened, they'd take it all day. Take the money and run, Washington State. Uh, last game I want to talk about from last week, uh, Kentucky at Missouri. Kentucky was down by, I think, 9? Nine? 9 or 11? I think it was 11. It was 11. Down by 11. 
with about five minutes left, come back and win 15-14. This was a nuts game. If you didn't hear about it, there was uh, Kentucky's defense got to stop with about a minute left. They were down by six. Uh, and all of a the sudden, they start driving down the field. Couldn't get the ball going the whole game. Looked like Drew Locke and the boys had it locked up. But all of a sudden, Kentucky starts getting it in the game. I mean, they're, they're nickel and diamond down the field. It's the last drive. Pass interference call in the end zone leads to an untimed down with no time on the clock, obviously, in the fourth quarter. Kentucky throws a little pylon route, a little out route towards the pylon, score, and now you get the number 12 Kentucky Wildcats going up against Georgia for the SEC East title this week, which is just insane. I, I, that's, that's wild. That's absolutely insane. Uh, so, you know, great for Kentucky, great for that program. Obviously Stoop seems to be, uh, the answer there. Um, you know, the other games around the nation, uh, brick sweetheart and NC state getting crushed by 10 and he's not here to talk about it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. They are hot garbage. Uh, you know, fight me brick. I, I know you're listening to this and you can't say anything right now because you weren't on the podcast. My sweetheart took care of business. 56-35. Colburn was committed and was planning on signing to Louisville. And then 48 hours before signing day, Louisville pulls his scholarship. So you know what he does? He goes out two years later, rushes 20 times for 200. Very, very happy. And when he does, everybody's going to go, huh, where did he come from? He came from Wake Forest. All right, that's it for last week. Let's check in with Patrick Brimman. I know you're probably tired of hearing me talk. Uh, I, I want to do something a little different uh, than what we probably would normally do, where uh, usually I think we would get in to... Uh... Oh, do I want to... No. You know what? We're going to keep it traditional. I'm sorry. I'm calling audibles in my head. And you guys aren't here, and I apologize, and it sounds bad, but I'm okay with it. Uh, so... Right now, we're going to hear from Brick. I wanted to get his thoughts on the matchup that uh, is definitely the, the highlight of the weekend. Number one, Alabama travels to number three, LSU in Death Valley. Uh, Brick called that they would be ranked that here in a second. Uh, but just go ahead and get his thoughts on the game. Uh, I know he'll be there, so it'll be really exciting for him. So here's Brick talking about the LSU-Alabama matchup. What's good, everybody? It's your host with the most, Patrick Brickman. Joining you from the city that never sleeps, Birmingham, Alabama, the beautiful Birmingham, Alabama. But no, I apologize for not being on the podcast once again this week. I would like to start off by saying thank you to everybody that's really stuck through, especially the people that listen every week or at least you know a couple times a month. Pretty regular listeners. Um, I know that this has really affected the podcast in a couple ways. But Patrick Norwood and on occasion uh, Jade have done a good job helping in my stead. Um, but uh, here's the reason I'm not on this week. So we're in the house. If, for those of you that don't know, uh, we, my wife and I just moved out to Birmingham. We are in our house now, so we're settling in. Last week I was still at family's house. Now we're settling in, but to be quite honest, with other rooms we're setting up and um, work, lots and lots of work so far. Haven't had a chance to set up my podcast booth, so I don't have a way to record other than this voice memo on my phone as I walk around our beautiful lake that we have in our new neighborhood. It's really nice. Really like it out here. I think I'll be out here a lot, but I digress. Um, 
So yeah, so thank you for sticking through as we do that, and uh, I did want to contribute to the podcast this week, uh, because I don't think Jade's filling in, so here we go. I'm going to start off talking about the Alabama-LSU game. I'll be there. It's my first trip to Death Valley. I'll be there to to cover the game for, of course, uh, ABC 3340, like I said, and I'm excited. Never been to Death Valley, and a lot of people keep telling me that it's as crazy as it's always seemed, and I won't know what to expect, so I guess I'll just have to... Wait and see. But, all right, so the game itself. Here's my thoughts. Alabama number one, LSU number three. Alabama opened as a 14-point favorite. I think it's down to 13 now. But regardless, a 13-point spread for a one-versus-three matchup is historically high. I mean, that is a historically high spread. And I think that there's a reason for that because of the way Alabama has been playing. You know, they've had a profoundly efficient passing the ball in ways that we've pretty much never seen in the college game, at least only a couple times in college football. Tua Tungavailoa at this point is the heavy favorite to win the Heisman because of the way he's been running that offense and because of the way the offense has been scoring, especially early in games. I mean, they've scored a touchdown on the first drive every single game this season, and it's really just been something amazing to behold um, for, you know, the fans or for anybody that's a fan of passing offense. I don't think it's going to be at the same level as it has been on Saturday, and here's why. Alabama has not played an upper-half defense the top to bottom, right? Um, uh, Texas A&M is the best they've played, uh, and they are really good against the run. I think they're ranked in the top ten, maybe five, but they're not great stopping the pass, and that's what Alabama's bread and butter has been this season, um, which is a little different than what we've seen normally, but that's the way it is. Uh, But I don't see it being that way. LSU's defense is legitimate, and they are specifically designed to stop the pass. They've got multiple first-rounders or at least NFL-caliber players in that defensive backfield. Greedy Williams is the next guy in that line of the Patrick Petersons and the Morris Claibornes and the Tyran Matthews. They always have that alpha dog. He's that dude. Um, I think they're safety. I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, but he leads the nation in interceptions. As a team, they lead the nation in interceptions. Something has to give in this game. There's going to be a push and shove. Right, Tua has not thrown an interception. LSU, all they do is intercept the ball. I don't know if he's going to throw an interception, but what I'm saying is they have enough talent on that back end to make him uncomfortable in ways that he hasn't been this season. With that said, Devin White is out, as we all know. Agree or don't agree with the fact that he's out because of the targeting call. He will not be playing in the first half of the game. I expect Alabama to, actually, I think they will need to at least establish some sort of a run game. Because Tua's great. But this is going to be a hard team to beat by himself. So, Alabama, expect them to try to mix in some run, attack that spot vacated by Devin White, maybe a little read option. Um, Maybe the jet sweep will come back, but they're really going to try to attack the middle. Damian Harris, Najee Harris, especially Josh Jacobs, I see him playing a lot in this game just because you don't know if they're going to run or pass when that guy's back there. He is a Swiss Army knife, as they've all said. So, Expect a slower start. They might score on that first possession, but don't expect it to be 28-0 at the end of the first quarter or after 12 minutes or something like that like it has been. I don't think it's going to be that way. They might score early, but I think this game is going to have a little slugging along to it. If, if I'm not completely off, which I might be. But, um, and then, then So they'll find their way. They'll find their footing. Um, One team will make a big play. Momentum will shift, especially in this night game at Death Valley. I still expect Alabama to win. I think the spread is about fair. I could see a 14. I could see a 35, 
21-35-17 type win for Alabama. And the reason I'm putting LSU at such a low score is because I'm not a Joe Burrow guy. Um, I've not really been an LSU guy if you listen to this podcast. I think three. They've, they've beaten some teams. I still can't really explain the Georgia thing, but I don't believe in LSU the way so many people seem to be right now, uh, especially because of that offense and because of the way I don't think Ed Orgeron's going to win the coaching game against Nick Saban. And Joe Burrow is just terribly, terribly, terribly decent, way too decent to be the guy to beat this Alabama team and to go out and out-duel Tua, even at home, even the night game, even with the atmosphere. Joe Burrow's not that guy. Nick Brissett, the running back, does not scare me. Alabama can give They'll give up some rushing yards. Um, they'll give up some passing yards. The defense isn't perfect, but it's more than enough to stop a Joe Burrow-led offense. Joe Burrow's just not that. We've been having fun with it at work this week. Um, we keep talking about how Joe Burrow is elite, and he should have won World Series MVP. A lot of outrageous stuff. But, no, Joe Burrow's not that dude. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to stick with my 35 21 score prediction um Alabama really 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 looks like the team they've been in the second half of this game maybe not as much in the first but I do expect a pretty large second half so there we go I'll be back uh, later in the podcast to talk rankings and I'll talk some uh some dark horses as far as the playoff is concerned all right bye all right break thank you. uh yeah that I mean obviously that's like I said it's it's the biggest game of the weekend um you know Alabama's got to come out firing on all cylinders I think um you know Brick said it best it's it's a tough it's a tough place to play LSU's got the best pass defense that Alabama has seen so far uh, bar none um that being said I'm not giving LSU too much of a shot here think that the the rest that Tua Tonga-Vailoa got over this bye week is going to kind of recharge his batteries get that knee worked out they don't have Jalen Hurts from what it's looking like. From what it sounds like and what it's looking like, Jalen Hurts has been kind of hobbled at practice. Uh, he did have that ankle procedure a couple weeks ago. So it looks like he might be out. Uh, if Tua gets knocked out or they get in a situation where Jalen uh, could come in to make a play, it looks like they may have to go with another option. Um, LSU is a tough place to play at night. I won't be surprised if this one's close at halftime, but I'm going to give Alabama the edge. I'm going to go 38-17 in this one for Alabama. Uh, like I said, they'll pull away in the second half, I think, uh, and it'll just kind of evolve from there. I, I think this is the best team in the country by far. I think LSU is a great team. I think they've got a lot to be proud of and talk about, but, uh, you know, I think without Devin White, especially in that first half, that's going to give Alabama a lot of opportunities uh, to really establish a run game. And if Alabama can establish a run game, it opens up the pass game. And if you open up the pass game with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, we all know what happens. Uh, so, you know, that's by far the biggest game of the week. Uh, I don't think anyone's denying that. Uh, since we are doing this kind of late on Thursday, I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, oh, gosh, the... <laughs> Uniformed cauliflowers uh, gave up, I think, 670 yards of offense to Temple. Yeah, number 12 team in the nation, giving up almost 700 yards to Temple. Just at home, by the way, just in case you were wondering. Some notes for this week. Uh, Pittsburgh plays Virginia Friday night. Uh, probably when you'll be listening to this is Friday, so tonight. Uh if Pitt wins this, uh, they're the lock in the Coastal. I don't know if they're a lock, but they lead the Coastal. The Coastal is theirs to lose. So that's just 
in case you need to know how bad the ACC Coastal is this year, Pittsburgh and Virginia are facing off for half of that title. Just think about that. Clemson plays Louisville uh, at home, should take care of business. They're a 38-point favorite. Uh, Texas A&M at Auburn is going to be a fun one. You really got to wonder if this is the game for Gus Malzahn. Is this the game where they decide, okay, are we actually going to... I, I, I go back and forth with it. As much as I want to say, oh, yeah, they'll probably fire him, I just I have no idea because it's Auburn, and we never have any idea with Auburn about anything. Uh, looking ahead, there's two other fairly interesting games, and then I want to mention my upset watch. Uh, Georgia plays at Kentucky for the SEC East title. I know I mentioned this earlier, but this is a huge game. Kentucky's ranked ninth right now. Bay Blue Nation is going to be loud on Saturday night, uh, or excuse me, Saturday afternoon. That's a 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Uh, Georgia seemed to establish a good run game last week. Uh, I'm going to give the edge to Georgia here. I think um, as magical as Kentucky season has been, you got to remember exactly what I just said about Kentucky, I don't know, five, ten minutes ago. They struggled against Missouri and needed an untimed down to beat them. Georgia beat that Missouri team by 14, and really it wasn't even that close. So I'm taking Georgia here. I'll, I'll give Georgia a 28-14 victory. Uh, I think if they can get the ground going, that may bump that up a little bit. Swift, DeAndre Swift really looked like he had it uh, in the bag last week and was really uh, kind of settling into his position. Like I said, it's November. It's crunch time. You know, a lot of teams know that. They, they know they've got to play their best football, especially a team uh, like Georgia or Kentucky. Uh, who has, you know, both kind of tripped up earlier this season and need a couple favors and a couple teams to lose to have a chance at the playoff. They've got to be on their A game. If you're Georgia and you can beat a top 10 team by 21 or more, you got to do it. You got to do it. There's no letting your foot off the gas this week. Uh, West Virginia at Texas. Now, I, 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 I don't want to stop here, and this is why I was kind of Going back and forth on it, Brick brings up a really great point about West Virginia uh, that I'll, I'll let him talk about in just a second. Um, but I'll ignore that for right now. Uh, West Virginia at Texas is an interesting game. Texas still has a lot to play for. You still got the Big 12 title to play for, which I think if you would have told Texas fans, just like Washington State fans, you have a chance to win the conference uh, in November, um, you know, they'd be more than happy with that. Uh, so I think if Texas can upset West Virginia, you still got a lot to play for. Now you got to go through Will Greer, and your past defense hasn't been great. Uh, Oklahoma State just threw for a million yards on you, and now you've got uh, one of the best five quarterbacks, maybe best three quarterbacks in the country coming to town. It helps that it's in Austin, but I'm going to take West Virginia here. Um, not by much, though. I'm going to give West Virginia a four-point win. I'll say 34-30. Uh, for the West Virginia-Texas game. Uh, West Virginia, really interesting team to watch. A team that kind of maybe somewhat controls their own destiny? I don't know. I'll let Brick talk about that in just a second. Uh, last game, I, I, this is a tentative. And I'm kind of only doing this for Jade. I've got, well, I've got two. Another Another upset watch is Oklahoma at Texas Tech, just because it's Texas Tech, and Lubbock's just a weird place to play. That Texas Tech offense has been great this year. Do I think it's good enough to beat Oklahoma? No. But will I be surprised if it happens? No. So 
Sooners, you're on upset watch. The my other upset watch also comes from the top ten. Notre Dame is at Northwestern this weekend. That's a seven fifteen night game. Northwestern has not been excellent by any means this season. They've struggled in some games and lost some games that they 100% should not have. But they gave Michigan a great game. And I know that Notre Dame beat Michigan. But Northwestern has also knocked off uh, its last four opponents, two of those being ranked uh, in the Big Ten. They did lose to Duke, Akron, and barely lost to Michigan. Like I said, they gave Michigan a great game earlier this year. Uh, Notre Dame, be careful. Don't be looking so far ahead at the playoff at, at, at all that that you lose sight of the fact that you still have to go play at Northwestern. So you're on upset watch. I'm not going to put it to a warning, just a watch. Uh, again, do I think they'll lose? No, I don't think either of those teams are going to lose this week. Will I be surprised if it happens? Uh, no, not really. Other big game this week, Penn State traveling to the big house in Ann Arbor. James Franklin, if you follow uh, Pat's Interference on Twitter, it's PI underscore podcast again. James Franklin has one win versus ranked opponents on the road in his entire coaching career. One. I think he's one for 13 in his coaching career, and I think he's about one for seven at Michigan. All right, excuse me, at Penn State. And now they've got to go play Shea Patterson in Michigan. I'm going to give Michigan a big win here. Uh, I, I don't see an upset coming. I think this game being in the big house helps. Uh, but I'm going to give Michigan a 21-point win. I just don't see it from Penn State this year. They lost a lot of pieces on offense. Um, the Ohio State game was absolutely embarrassing. I think that was really the turning point for this team in this season. Uh, and it's just, I, I'm not I'm not buying Penn State. I, I'm not buying Penn State at all. Uh, so that's it for this week. Those are all the games that I think I would want to, I'm probably going to watch a lot of football this week. And I'm going to the North Carolina Georgia Tech game. And if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you know I love running the ball and I love the triple option offense. So I'm very excited about this because I also don't think North Carolina's defense is that good, uh, obviously, since they have, I think, one win this season, maybe two. So I'm excited to see Georgia Tech kind of run all over and up and down uh, North Carolina tomorrow. But who knows? You know, maybe it'll be a good game. Maybe I'm completely wrong. The ACC is weird this year. And as we know, uh, you can't predict the actions and thoughts of 18 to 22-year-olds. Okay, other big news this week. Uh, You had the college football playoff come out. uh, The rankings come out. Bama won. Two was, uh, who was number two? Clemson. Three, LSU and four, Notre Dame. Uh, As you kind of look around the top ten, Oklahoma's in there. Uh, some Some other good teams. Michigan's in there. You know, those are the first couple out I believe uh so really an interesting ranking uh Georgia still in the hunt as well uh but I'm gonna let Brick talk about the college football playoff ranking and get his thoughts on it before I give you the rest of mine all right so I'm back to talk college football playoff poll the initial one released earlier this week no surprise Alabama won Clemson two there's not really much to talk about there everybody expected that LSU at three I um a lot of people were surprised by that. I wasn't super surprised. In fact, I predicted it. Uh, I just I felt like this is the way that goes. The, the the committee always tries to make the play to kind of surprise people because they want people to watch their show, right? I don't. I I am a firm believer that they do these things early and this because otherwise, why would we watch in two weeks? 
right? If we don't expect any surprises, why would we watch? They put LSU at number three for two reasons. One, they have some great wins. Uh, they've got a good resume. They beat Georgia. They have one loss, and the one loss was to Florida, but teams lose sometimes. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's, that's their you know, criteria. They beat some teams. Miami's win doesn't look as good as it used to. Um, uh, certainly the uh, – who else did they beat that people keep talking about? It was Miami. Anyway, their wins aren't as impressive as they used to be, but they did beat Georgia, and you can't deny that. Number two was to drive ratings for two different shows. One, next week's college football playoff poll, right? If they can put LSU at three, what might they do next week, right? What will they do if LSU wins? What will they do if they lose? Who will jump into that three spot? Will it be Notre Dame? Will it be such and such? That's why. Plus the, uh, you know, they do have game day out there this week, and a 1v3 is way more intriguing than a 1v4, and people are more willing to tune in and watch that. That's, that's why I think. I mean, LSU has a good argument at three. Um, so does Notre Dame, and so do uh, – and that's about it. But anyway, so let's continue. Um, UCF fans are probably mad, but honestly, I know Patrick Norwood doesn't talk about UCF. They're at 12. They're not in the top 10. But honestly – they were a better team last year. They're ranked higher this year at this point than they were last year with the worst team. Um, I would take 12 because, whatever, they have to pray for chaos, and they know that they're not going to get the respect because they haven't played anybody, and everybody knows that the team was better last year. So a lot of uh, chatter on Twitter about that ranking, but don't be mad about it. Ohio State at 10. Some people took umbrage to that, especially Ohio State fans. But honestly, you guys got embarrassed on national TV against Purdue in a game that everybody tuned into ABC to watch because they saw the score and flipped the channel. So, you know what? I still believe Ohio State is a legit contender. I do. Um, I can go into that a little later when I talk dark horses. But that's my reaction to the polls. Take it or leave it. All right, Brick, thank you very much. We'll hear from him one more time. Uh, as he talks about his dark horse, actually here in just a few seconds, uh, I, you know, I, I think this, I think this year is weird. Um, I think this weird, this year is really weird because it's one of the first years and it definitely the first year of the college football playoff where I feel like there is a set number of teams. Now, again, it's college football. Anything could happen. All top four teams could be upset that that could 100% happen. Uh, do I think it's going to No, absolutely not. Uh, but I think this is the first year in a long time when the top teams have just been set. Or it's just, these are your guys. I think the top three teams are set. I really do. I think that when you look around uh, Alabama and uh, Clemson and Notre Dame, I'm not sure they're going to lose again. I think Alabama actually has the best chance of losing throughout the rest of the season just because Notre Dame and Clemson aren't really playing anybody. Uh not to say that they haven't already this year. Obviously, Notre Dame's had some big competition with Michigan and uh, teams like that. But Clemson, I, the, that ACC is struggling. I mean, Alabama's got to play at LSU on Saturday. Uh, then they have to go and they have to play uh, a conference championship against either Kentucky, who's had a great year, or Georgia, who is Georgia, and looking for revenge in the SEC championship after Alabama obviously beat them in the national championship last year. So those three teams, uh, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame, I think are really the top three 
uh, that are kind of set in stone. I think really at this point you're playing for the four seed uh, if you're Michigan, if you're Georgia, if you're Oklahoma. Uh, Washington State and Kentucky are 8-9. I don't really think they've got much of a shot. Washington State, it's not your fault. I just think playing in the Pac-12 hurt you. The Pac-12 and the ACC are just hurting this year. Uh, You know, you look at Ohio State at 10. You know, that's that's close. I mean, they they could get in if they beat Michigan, obviously. Beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, you never know what happens. Uh, But again, if it comes down to a one-loss conference champion in Oklahoma, a one-loss conference champion in Ohio State, or a one-loss conference champion from another conference. Hmm, who may that be? Who have I teased all episode? We're going to listen to Brick's uh, college football playoff uh, dark horses right now. So, Brick, take it away. All right, players, I'm back one last time to talk college football playoff dark horses. I will start with two teams that are playing this week, uh, West Virginia and Texas. Texas is done. They're ranked 15th, but they've lost that second game. Texas is on the rise. But we saw last week, obviously, with their loss to Oklahoma State, which Patrick Norwood correctly called, by the way, or he put him on watch. I don't think he picked the upset, but he did put him on watch. I'll give him credit for it, for looking out for us. But, um, yeah, Texas showed that they're not really contender this year as far as making it. They're an improved team. The win over Oklahoma obviously showed that, but they're done. West Virginia is a dark horse team. I fully believe it. Uh, They lost a game. I don't remember who it was to. Maybe Iowa State. I don't remember, honestly, but... Oklahoma lost to that same Iowa State team. It wasn't Iowa State. I can't remember who they lost to. Oklahoma got them with one loss. Um, right, so they've got a game against number 15, Texas. That will look good if they win that. Um, and then, of course, they've got the game against number 7, Oklahoma. Depending on how they look in that game, that and then the ending the season with what would be a Big 12 championship game, depending on how they look in those last two games, they can really make a strong argument to be in. If they barely, first of all, if they lose again, they're out, obviously. But if West Virginia goes out and really looks impressive against Oklahoma, they'd have to be put in or they'd have to be considered. I don't expect them to go beat the brakes off of Oklahoma, but I didn't expect Ohio State to lose by 29 to Purdue. Anything can happen. West Virginia can make it happen. They've got the offense. They're a dark horse. Uh, a couple other, I mentioned Ohio State. People keep arguing with me over this, but Ohio State is still a legitimate contender in my mind. They're ranked 10th, but they've got the games to end the season. They're going to play Michigan, who's ranked, I believe, 5. Michigan will eventually be up to 4, depending on what happens at Alabama, LSU, or some other losses that come along the road. But Ohio State's owned Michigan the last decade. It's been forever since Michigan's beaten Ohio State. Um, This might be the year, but I actually expect Ohio State to win that game. I don't know where they play, but I don't see – I don't know. I think Ohio State's still a better team. Uh, it's closer than it's been in the past, but a win against the number five team, other teams are going to lose. Oklahoma might lose. Ohio State's still in this thing. Yeah, they're going to need some help. Yes, they're not a shoe-in if they go undefeated, but they're, they're going to be right there at the end unless they lose again. I don't think they will lose again because I think their eyes have been opened and – uh Yeah, so that's it for me, I guess, on this podcast this week. Hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Again, I apologize for not being able to make it. Things will get back to smooth sailing 100% uh, next week once I get my podcast booth set up, everything ready to go, the computer, the editing, all that. We'll be back in regular form, so we'll be back to what we were earlier in the year when you guys know and love, 
the soundboard will be back. All that will be back. Thank you to everybody, Patrick Norwood, Jade, especially, that have stepped in and helped. And thank you to the people that have congratulated me so far on the new job. That means a lot. Really enjoying it so far. I'm having fun every single day, which is something I wasn't really able to say uh, in my previous job. Not that I want to bash them, but, you know, this is my dream job and my dream market here in Birmingham, covering SEC sports and, you know, just meeting all these guys and just, you know, great place to work, great place to be. So I'm very happy here. And, uh, yeah, thanks for sticking through with me. I will be back full-time next week. And uh, Norwood, take it away and this thing strong, brother. All right. So that's it. That's pretty much it. I, again, a short episode. I know it, it seemed quick. I'm sorry about that. It's just tough when there's only there's only one Patrick here. It feels empty. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We couldn't do this podcast without you. It's something that we've always wanted to do, uh, and really just having your support is great. Go ahead and give us a shout-out on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Uh, you know, Look at all of our social media. Tell us what we can do better. Like, comment, subscribe. Do all that type of fun jazz. Uh, we, we love you. We love the podcast. Uh, we hope you have a great week of college football uh, from morning with the A&M and Auburn game going all the way to whatever weird Pac-12 after dark game is on. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening to your favorite college football podcast.